Welcome to 52 Pearls, the weekly money wisdom podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm joined by Melissa Friedenberg, Pearl Planning Financial Advisor. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. (laughs) You're never going to forget our names because, of course, we're both named Melissa, children of the 70s. So each week we provide a bite-sized actionable tip that we hope will help you make better financial decisions. The purpose of our podcast is to accompany our weekly financial tips, which we call 52 Pearls. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to sharing along the way. It's a joy here today, and I am joined by Erica Powers, and I'm so excited to have Erica with us to talk about mortgages and divorce. Erica is a mortgage banker at Level One Bank. She practices throughout Metro Detroit and Southeast Michigan. And in fact, she's licensed to do business throughout the country and has many clients in uh, all different states around the country. Erica, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, we've gotten to know each other just because we both live in Washtenaw County and met through networking events and you've helped me with some clients, but we both are passionate about helping people have information as they go through divorce. In both of our practices, we meet people who are going through this big transition, and I think we share a passion to help them have the information they need. Yes, I think so too. I think it's really important that people are making decisions. Um, and I find that you know information on mortgages uh, as it pertains to divorce is uh, there can always be more information. It's something that we don't have enough information about. And so I really wanted you to be able to walk through the process and the steps. And maybe we could talk together about how a financial planner looks at things and a mortgage officer. Yeah, I agree. That would be great. So you probably get people that reach out to you and they say they 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 need a mortgage, but probably some of their life story comes along with it. Um, When you hear somebody say they're going through a divorce and want to purchase a home or refinance so that they own their home individually, what are the first things that you counsel them on? I think the first thing to talk to them about is their budget. So have they really sat down to determine what they're going to be able to afford once the divorce is final? Because typically after the divorce, you're going to have a little bit different budget, right? You're going to have different income maybe than you did as a joint couple. And so it's how can you determine in that new situation, will you still be able to afford either your previous home that you already owned or a new home that you want to purchase? It may have to do with your decisions about asset division and you may have a choice in that or be able to negotiate it and maybe not. But that's certainly one of the first things that I talk to people about is what is your current cash flow and budget, which may be a project to figure out and with two, you know, kind of um, primary decision makers. And then what could it potentially look like going forward? And certainly since for many of us, our home is one of the most significant assets and costs within our budget, then your decisions really in this moment can make a big difference in your overall financial picture. Yes. Yeah. And you want to make sure that you're not getting yourself in a situation where you're house poor, right? And everything's just going into your house. You need to yeah, be able to live I, life outside of that. I think that's one of the things we should discuss is that there's an amount that you could potentially qualify for. So an amount that a bank would be willing to loan you 
versus an amount that you would be able to sustain the quality of life that you've either grown accustomed to or that you want or need. And those may be two different numbers. Yes. Yes, they very much are. I would say that you you don't need to qualify at the top of what the bank would say that you qualify for. It would be better to go to a lower amount. That way you have flexibility in case things come up. Maybe your job situation changes, you know, just what we're going through right now with this pandemic. So a lot of people's situation has changed. And sometimes it's good to have a little bit of flexibility to get through those hard times. Certainly that's attractive as a financial advisor. I'd stress this me out to have clients' financial lives tapped where there's there's very little margin for error. And this is certainly a time period where more conversation, not less, if you're going through a divorce or a pandemic, the ability to have a discussion with a professional. One of the things I really appreciate about you is you're relational and you're thinking about the client's lives, not just their numbers and whether you can get something underwritten. So how do you, how do you counsel people to evaluate that budget or do you objectively sometimes say, hey, you can qualify for this, but you may consider a different option? Yeah, I think we start by having a discussion about which payment they feel like is going to most fit into their budget because sometimes what they think their payment is going to be doesn't really match the price of a home that they're looking to purchase, right? So it's a good idea to start with the payment and then kind of back into what you can afford. Um, So have you sat down and looked at your budget of what do you pay for your groceries? What do you pay for, you know, your car? Or maybe you have some credit card debts or things like that. Now, how much is left for your house? And you should take into account other things as well. If you have children, you know, sometimes there's daycare costs. There's costs for kids' sports and kids' activities. All of those things add up. So when you're looking at your total picture, you need to kind of take all of that into account and then make sure that your mortgage payment's going to fit into that. We have a great budget tool that we sometimes use for We've got one worksheet for an individual or family with no changes and one when you're kind of going through divorce. So I'll make sure to link that in show notes, but there are so many expenses. You can't just look at the, t- the headlines when you're, especially when you're planning for a transition. Yeah. How are you able to qualify people? Let's say someone has been not working outside of the home prior to a divorce. Perhaps they plan to reenter the workforce, but they haven't secured that job yet, or they have a short period of time where they've been in, in the role. What, what do you need in order to qualify someone in terms of cash flow or income? Sure. So one of the things to look for is when you're re-entering the workforce is typically you need to be on that job for say six months so that you can show the income that you've been receiving. You can show that there's some consistency in that. If you've had a gap in employment, maybe you left a prior job and you had a couple months off before you went to the new job, but you're in the same industry, you know, usually that's not a huge issue. You just need to show that now you're receiving pay at the new job and that that's going to be consistent and continue. So it's really about consistency and about us being able to to document what your income is going to be and that you're going to be continuing that income. So you're actually looking for the deposits into the bank account of those paychecks. Yeah, we want to see that you've been receiving those paychecks and that they're going to be consistent. You know, are you an hourly employee or a salary salary employee is going to make a difference, right? Because if you're hourly, then we need to know that that's going to be a consistent income. You're going to work that 40 hours a week, every week or whatever it may be. So consistency and stability is the big thing that we're looking for when you're 
re-entering. And Uh, let's say you're not re-entering, but you will be receiving spousal support or child support. How are you able to qualify for a mortgage with those options? Yes, you can. The big thing again with that though, is that you need to receive it for at least six months before we can use it. And then you need to be able to show that you're going to continue to receive it for three years. So looking at your child support order or your divorce decree will let us know how long you're going to be receiving it into the future and then being able to document that you've received it. So an important note with that is that when you're looking at your divorce and maybe you have to refinance the home within a certain time period, you need to make sure that that time period is going to give you enough time to count the income that you're going to be using to qualify for the loan. So if you won't have been receiving six months of child support to refinance in two months may not be feasible for you. If that's something that you need to use to qualify for the loan. It seems like that would be a good discussion to have in advance of the decree being drafted, or at least go back and verify, Hey, this is what I'm being asked to do. How can we make this work? Yeah, I think it's really important to have a conversation with a mortgage banker up front and make sure that what you're going to be agreeing to is going to be something that you can accomplish. The same goes with a financial planner. I thought I often find people are waiting till everything is tied in a bow with the divorce process. And then maybe they'd work with their, um, their spouse had a stronger relationship with a financial advisor, perhaps they haven't been receiving advice while their spouse was from that person. For me, there are ways to contact a financial planner during or even as you're planning to file for divorce so that you have a better financial picture. It's just all about your information and education and how organized you are with understanding what your future could look like because there's often choices where more information would be helpful for you to plan for your long-term self and not just be like, get me out the door with half of everything. Yes, I agree. And it's a quick conversation. 15 minutes, we can have a conversation and really determine what options you have. And that will save you a lot of time. Yeah. I think when you get into this area, if you are open to consultations with outside professionals in, in addition to your family law attorney, I find that going to the area of specialization is a lot easier than a bunch of Google searches or every neighbor and friend really wants to help you out. So they always have advice of this or that. And, and everybody wants to tell you how to do things. If you are reaching out to someone like you, Erica, or myself, we're just talking about you and your situation, not about what you should do. Hopefully the advice that we can give allows you to be a quarterback for your decision-making instead of having others make the decision for you. Yes. Yes. I agree very much. Since we are in a pandemic as we're recording this, what are you advising people? I do have some people that are thinking about Well, some people going through divorce and also in a decision about their real estate when you can't even go to an open house right now, what are you telling people or what are you seeing in the mortgage market? Honestly, right now, a lot of people are refinancing. It's a good time to be refinancing and interest rates are lower. So, yep. Right. Yeah. So there can be a lot of benefit there. Plus a lot of people have a little extra time. They're not running around and everything. So they have a little extra time to devote to that. I am also though seeing people still purchasing homes. So some people have purchased homes sight unseen because in our state, they haven't been able to go look at them in person or other people have made maybe their contract contingent upon checking out the house once the stay at home order is lifted. 
And so in that is coming up where real estate is going to become a have availability to show homes again. Right. And there may be a potentially a changing real estate market, but we don't know whether it will look like 2008 and 2009. Certainly that's the most recent reference of a recession, which really hit the housing market hard, but not every recession has meaningful dips in home prices. So it's just up in the air about what this will look like. Yes, I agree. And you know, the amount of homes on the market right now are still rather low. Mm -hmm. So that's really keeping the market um, very active, I would say, just because there's not a lot out there, right? So if people are looking to purchase, then they're, they're not, they're kind of in a little bit of a more of a competitive market. And so they're just kind of trying to, trying to find something right now. Um, So it's keeping the market a little bit busier. Yeah. And I always remind people if they are super focused on, is this the right time to sell or buy? If you're both selling a house and purchasing a house, then you're participating in both sides of the equation. So if it's a seller's market, okay, one half of what you're doing is selling or, you know, same goes for a buyer's market where, you know, there's a little bit, the prices are a little bit softer. So the reality is for most people, while houses are an important part of your balance sheet, there's so much more, they're kind of a touchstone and and how you center your life. So don't all only look at it with the blinders of um, this is what we paid. And, and so I have to get this much. Right. Yeah. You really have to be open to the market and what the situation is. So we mentioned that it's important to have documentation of the payments you're getting, whether it's your income, your child support, your spousal support. What other suggestions do you have? Let's say that there's a battle going on between the still married spouses and making payments on the mortgage is, is kind of at risk. What what do you tell people? To make sure that they're still making the payment timely. So don't get stubborn about, well, I'm just not going to make it because it's going to affect both of you. So if you are going to want to qualify in the future, you want to make sure that the payments are made timely. That makes sense. And I and that goes for all of your payments. So making sure as yes. quickly as possible, you are aware of what your balance sheet is. I always start with a marital net worth. When um, someone who's planning to be divorced comes to me, you know, we'll list all of your assets, which is something that is also relevant for you, Erica, as well as liabilities. You may or may not know all of those. I've um, counseled clients where it was a big surprise that there was credit in their name, you know, and certainly money can contribute to marital strife, but get a good picture of everything and then make sure you're able to do that you know, kind of tap dance to keep everything going as you're going through what we both know is a really difficult time. Yes. Yeah. If you can make all the payments on time, that's one of the most important things to do so that you're able to qualify when you're ready. Yeah. That certainly helps your job out. And, you know, just coming informed, willing to consult is what I always suggest. And I know for Eric and I, sometimes we work together with clients so that we'll have a conversation as they're making decision on the terms or what they can afford as they're looking for houses, looking to get pre-qualified. So it can be really informative to have, you know, the, the professional perspective of people that know their field and see you as a person. Yeah. So if people want to reach out, we'll make sure that we have your contact information, Erica, but how can they find you on the web? Well, they can find me at, I am on Facebook. I am um, also on LinkedIn. They can find me there and they can find me on uh, level1bank.com. They can do a search and I'm on that as well. I have a site there too. 
Okay, perfect. Make sure that you look for Erica Powers and we'll make sure to link to those budget resources. And to me, the first for both of us, if you have questions, our first conversations, there's no bill attached. It's not like you're being charged by the hour. So I would just pick up the phone and start asking and working with someone. We both have divorce designations. So, you know, the information and knowledge to assist. Yes. Yeah. A quick conversation is just will give you so much peace of mind to really make sure that you're making the right decisions. That's right. Like you can Google generally and find out what a- applies to a general person, but finding out your specific circumstances and having that conversation earlier in the process can only help you to be more informed about your circumstances and boost your ability to get what you want. Well, thanks so much, Erica. Have a great day. And we appreciate your time on the 52 Pearls Money Wisdom Podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being here. Have a great day. Erica Powers is a licensed mortgage lender, NMLS number 739637, with Level One Bank, which is a member FDIC, an equal housing lender. You can access our first eight episodes now, and we'll be releasing new episodes each Monday. For more information, visit pearlplan.com or our Facebook page, Pearl Planning Wealth.